Welcome to the Contract Lens Podcast, brought to you by Malbec. In this podcast, we have conversations with contract management thought leaders and practitioners about everything contracts and its ecosystem. In today's episode, you will be hearing an excerpt from our Legal Week session, Unlocking the Power of Contract Data to Improve Business Outcomes. For our guest, we have Ronick Ray, General Counsel of Pantheon and Malbec customer. He is an attorney and change agent focused on building enterprise value through strong practices, culture, and compliance. So now it's time to relax, grab a glass of wine, and let's talk contracts. Being a great user of the tools, right? So, what kind of led you to choose a modern contract lifecycle kind of solution, and what successes have you seen at your organization? Well, I feel like you set the stakes really high. <laughs> 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 I feel like we're exactly. <laughs> uh, so, I, I think for for me, what was important is to start with the organization. Uh, if if the legal function is being brought in to solve the problem, it's ultimately a business problem. So, if we start with what is the business really trying to achieve, and what are the symptoms of their pain, and uh, what are the things that we're ultimately trying to prioritize from a CMM uh, you know, solution? Uh, we wanted the business to be able to tell us uh, what their goals were and then start designing towards those goals. So for us, that was really important. It's just really getting, uh, you know, similar to what Colin said, getting a full perspective on what are the challenges, whether they're with sales or with vendor agreements, whatever they might be. Uh, and, and for Pantheon specifically, we have that. Uh, 20,000-ish uh, agreements that are being executed, renewed, uh, negotiated per year. That's a lot of volume for a company that didn't have a legal function when I got there. <laughs> uh, so I, you know, they needed legal to come in rather quickly, understand the current process, rebuild it for you know execution, for quality, for speed, for uh, a better uh, way to be transparent with the sales team who could then also land in its end customers, which was our strategy. And so really getting a sense of what were the strengths of the current process, uh, working with sales operations, understanding you know, what are the things that they feel legal can help best help with, those are your allies, right? And so as, as I moved in, that was the, the, the sense of how can we do this together? And I'd, I'd even say I've, you know, I've implemented probably five different contract or uh, you know, legal tech solutions over the past couple of years, uh, and going through the process each time, if you start with requirements, it's critical to getting the right outcome. Uh, so then you move to you know, maybe the partner report or the G2 or something else, and you go, once your requirements are clear, then you get the market study, where you really understand what is that market uh, offering. Because after that, I need to go back to my team and say, okay, well, let's bring it back to reality. <laughs> I understand all of the things that you want. Here are the strengths of the different providers, and each, you know, you're really in the seat at that point. You really have to understand uh, how to best help your organization navigate that decision. Uh, so for, for us, it is a method, uh, and I feel like, you know, 
and regardless of the legal tech solution, whether it's contracts, it's compliance, it's privacy, uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's really important to understand what is the organization trying to achieve. Most times, they don't know what they're trying to achieve, and your job <laughs> is to get them to a place where they feel confident in the decisions and the trade-offs that they're making, because it is a trade-off decision. Um, and Pantheon has grown significantly in the last two years. So when you look at it through that lens and how contracts need to be helping or hurting that growth, it becomes really important, right? And so when you're leading a CLM initiative or introducing any new kind of solution, especially a high growth startup, uh, there's this pressure to get it right the first time, right? So how did you, you talked about requirements a little bit, how did you accurately assess your organization's needs, right? Um, and build a compelling case. Can you walk us through your process of that? Yeah, let's, uh, let's do it as a checklist almost, right? I think yeah. that's really important. Uh, and it's important to convey that to the rest of the organization. This instills a level of confidence that they understand there is a process to be worked through. You're not just sort of interviewing each person and trying to you know, write things down, that uh, you will come back and you will participate in all aspects of it. And I think for, for us, the, the decision-making process uh, starts with the requirements gathering and it has to continue because as we all understand, organizations shift. And if you're at a company like Pantheon who's unicorn, it's hyper growth, their business models are being tested on a regular basis in the market and so they're having to shift. And if you build a solution that doesn't shift with it, you're kind of hooked. <laughs> uh, and, and you need that agility, you need the ability for the organization to have a pulse on where are we doing things correctly right. from a business perspective? And what is legal enabling for us to get through the door? Uh, so for us, it was really important to get those requirements right uh, first. Second, establish very clear success criteria that map back to organizational goals, not uh, here's what legal can turn out in terms of turnaround time and you know, efficiency. Those are important. They're important legal metrics but they're kind of table stakes for the rest of the company. If you hit 24-hour turnaround times, which is what we do at Pantheon, uh, and we've done this you know, consistently over the past two years, thanks to Malbec and thanks to a lot of other superpower help uh, on the team, uh, but those are table stakes. The organization at some point cares less about the how. They want to know what is it that you're doing to enable the business. And so the metrics as a step two really have to tie back to what is the organization Initially, it's adoption. Did you install a process or technology or a solution that my sales team is, is enthusiastic about using? Or is it some sort of hindrance? Is it slowing things down? Is it, you know, am I not going to be able to keep up with the demand of my organization you know, shifting uh, for, for the market? Third, uh, being in a position where you can continue to surface that information back to the organization because once they feel like it's a checkbox done, they're not looking back at legal or the process or the technology and thinking, well, I still have to invest. And it, you know, similar to what Colin said, you, it's, it's just a point in time where you install and you implement it. You have to keep that thing going. <laughs> um, and that, you know, you have become now the custodian of the organization trying to achieve some sort of business outcome. So if you go back to that and continue to instill that confidence, here's, here's where we are achieving outcomes, here's where we have other opportunities, which may require additional investment, which may require additional adjustments in the process of workflow. 
the last thing you want to do is if you mapped out your process and hopefully you got that right and that's part of requirements, uh, is, is go in and say, you know, the process is stuck, right? You need to find a way to continue the requirement. So I think that's part of the checklist is at least those three things. Uh, and as you can tell, there's sort of many steps in between to get to, get to the right place. And so, kind of similar to that, Maltec just completed our first um, annual benchmark study. And we wanted to really understand what organizations, like the barriers and benefits they were experiencing using CLM and AI technology specifically, right? And one of the things that kind of surprised me uh, was that the speed and efficiency are really the main drivers. And not only are they the main drivers of technology adoption, but they are the main benefits people are seeing, which, as you know, if, you know in the long term plan, there's so much more to be achieved and gained from an organizational perspective than just moving faster, right? So let's talk about metrics. I know that's a buzzword we all love to hate, but what are the metrics, or contract metrics, I should say, everyone should be tracking to really you know, align to business objectives? Yeah, um, so I'm gonna set the stage a little bit, right, for uh, when these things come up. So we have, at Pandia, we do weekly dashboards for the executive team. So marketing's got errors, and HR's got errors, and you know, legal's kind of uh, been <laughs> timid about doing things that are very data-related. Uh, and this gets us in the room, right? This helps us, you know, be up here to our other peers in the executive team and say, you know, we've got real insights on your business. And the insights start with, probably the most important interaction with the legal function is having on a regular basis, which is with your customer. And if you can get the intelligence from the legal team about what's happening with those customer conversations, the power that we have in the room is, is really interesting, right? And it starts to change that dynamic. People are coming to you a lot more proactively. So I think that's the power of metrics, is if you surface the right level of data, you're now you're the team that has access to that intelligence. What does the customer want? Where are we behind market, right? So we, we study all of our peers and we look at what are their positions on limitation liability or privacy and compliance. And we then go into our contract metrics to understand what are the points that are getting stuck. What we found was the hockey stick, after we adjusted to market on some of those legal terms, we were able to achieve such a, a, a radical difference in outcome on the contract life cycle, the, the ability to turn things around quickly. So in that dashboard, uh, we, yeah, so we're doing a QBR, uh, we, legal uh, got pushed <laughs> last week, uh, but we're, our QBR is gonna happen in a couple of weeks. And the, the big metric uh, that I'll, I'll be talking about, about is uh, we, when we started uh, with our uh, legal 2.0 solution for Pantheon, uh, to now, uh, it's 3.76 times faster to get contracts done. Uh, and that's powerful. They just like, it, it, almost 400%. So you can imagine what was happening before and the pain that was being felt in the room. And so I like surfacing those kinds of metrics because it's already felt. So the, the, the testimonials we get from, uh, so our CRO, uh, when I meet with him, he said, you know, this was within the past year. I've uh, met with Zach, our CEO, and every time it's something about a contract and some sort of escalation with some sort of approval. In the past two years, I haven't had a single contract conversation with Zach. <laughs> so the power of the legal function to drive uh, and enable the rest, of, the rest of the business is really powerful, right? And when they hear that metric 3.76, they feel it. 
And that's really important because they're nodding heads and you have other people in the room that are really taking to it, right? Um, the second is, uh, so as I talked about, we really want to show the impact of the organization. So for us, it was really important to show not just we could get stuff done faster, but that the impact to the quality of your revenue, which VCs are very interested in looking at, is your earning, but how good is the earning? You beat your numbers, but did you, what did you sacrifice? And the legal team is worried about risk, right? This is ultimately what we're there for. We're not there to report on metrics only. We're trying to show that the quality of earnings in the company is durable, that it's going to last, that it's going to you know, reach a public market, that the floor is going to fall out of me. Um, so one of the other data points that we were able to show is some percentage of ARR, which I not all the rest of the school, so I won't do it, but in the GPR, <laughs> um, the percentage of ARR that we were at in, earlier in the year that had un uncapped liabilities, uncapped indemnities, data privacy issues, we reduced that by 5%. And I showed a dollar impact to your earnings being much more uh, attractive to the public market, to the next round of VCs. Uh, they really understand legals. If it, the more I invest in legal, the stronger the valuation of the company is going to be at exit. And that's really, really good for us, right? Because we get to, you know, I started uh, as the first lawyer in, as I said, and the metrics really helped me get to, so we're now 11 people. We're growing to 14 people by the end of the year, and that's a lot. But the understanding that there's an ROI that's coming out of the legal function is they invest in, that starts with a real foundational tool like contract by cycle management. All that helps us get there. Well, now you're to <laughs> <laughs> um, No, that's great. And you know, you talked a lot about the improvements and successes that you were seeing. Um, but what surprised you the most? If you had to pick one thing, even if it's culturally at the company, what surprised you the most when you started actually servicing these metrics? I think the appetite for the organization for metrics—they were—they were. They were for one, they were not accustomed to legal doing, I mean, pretty much anything because the organization didn't have legal, but the CRO, the CMO, others were really, they had worked in public companies before, worked with uh, you know departments like uh, the legal uh, team of Hanfield already, so they, they sort of understood what the legal team could do. But what surprised us was just the amount of uh, positive feedback that we get on the metrics that we, we gave them, right? Because those were then amplified back into their organization. So when we take on initiatives, uh, so we have an initiative right now on uh, you know, price renegotiations, uh, their um, you know, termination for convenience, many commercial items that are really focused on what would account management do, what would sales and revenue operations do, uh, legal is now being brought into those conversations much more proactively, and we're helping drive the strategy for it, which is very different than please red line, <laughs> but yeah. but be careful <laughs> uh, this document, right? So we're we're much more we're, we have a seat at the table. Uh, we are uh, you know we're, we're strategically aligned with them on thinking about the different aspects of the business and the opportunities we can go chase. The piece that was uh, a surprise that was perhaps more negative is the uh, the appearance of sort of this magic wand, right? So we had excelled in so many places where we, we were quite effective, and the magic wand around, can you just make this compliant phone go away? 
or can you make this potential litigation go away? Right, so be careful <laughs> on over delivering in certain areas because the, the perception of what legal can do uh, is, is colored by it. And uh, it, I'd just say on process for contracts, uh, one of the things to always watch for is what are your dependents? Uh, and Malbec was really good at this. We had, we had a period of time where uh, because the legal team had built such credibility with the organization, they had asked us to come in and help with the quoting process, which was getting stuck. And if you can't quote, well, you can't contract. <laughs> um, and the perception was, well, maybe, you know, is it all that this is kind of getting stuck? We had all these systems that were being installed, and that was what was grinding everything to a fall. So not trying to automate over processes that are not well designed is just, it's a terrible idea. Right? And we, we all know this as practitioners, I think we've all suffered <laughs> as a result of that not being done well. But I, you know, I think that's a caution. Yeah, you want to automate your mistakes. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> um, and you use the term magic wand, and so that actually is perfect for um, the closing topic, because I'd actually like you both to respond to. But, um, you know, change management and culture play a huge role in this change, right, around contract management. And so, what advice would each of you give to leaders such as yourselves who are perhaps in charge of leading a scale-up initiative, right? How do you kind of champion change with communication, cooperation, and celebration? I like the three C's. <laughs> uh, I, think, uh, I think really understanding uh, what matters, using the opportunities when you bring benchmark data, analytics, uh, to, to spark conversation, not end it, not to say I've reported out and that's it, right? And you really want the organization coming along for the ride. That's collaboration, but that's also an art in communication. You need to understand how you can celebrate the victories with your team, make sure they're not burnt out, make sure they're really uh, in it for the long run, because that's what this is. Every time you hit a benchmark, every time you hit a gate, you have to do it now faster, better, somewhat cheaper if you're thinking about GNA costs, right? Uh, those are things that the organization is now coming to expect. And if you follow some of these principles, I think it really works because the organization is now invested in legal succeeding, which is somewhat of a magic wand. If you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're careful, you will allow them to understand that there's, there is an investment that's needed for a multiple of an outcome. And if you, the stronger you can draw that relationship, the better, I think, not just with CLM, but for the uh, alignment of the legal team to the rest of the organization's objectives, that's going to be really strong. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Ronald's exactly, exactly right. There is definitely a need to sort of align the, the legal function with business objectives and what the business is trying to accomplish and really showing and not just telling that having a good, effective legal function is a good thing for the business because it's actually actively contributing to not just growing the business, but making sure that that growth is sustained and stable. Because I really like what you said earlier with regards to there are different types of revenue. You, know, you might got a good deal in, but what do you have to give up to get that deal? If you can show that, well, okay, so you know we didn't have to give up a lot, you know, quite a lot in this deal. That's a great way to make sales like you number one. But number two, it's a great way to show trust and show the relationship between legal and the business and why legal is important to a business. Because without legal, you're opening yourself up to all sorts of risk and you may be making money, but who knows what money may be lost in potential litigation, 
or any other type of negative impact from cutting through corners or just saying, oh yeah, we can, we can do that. When in reality, you know you can't, well, can't, sorry, that's be blunt there. Um, you know, I, I'm a fairly blunt person. So I think that, you know, really understanding sort of the fact that you're all in this together and you all really want to contribute together and making sure that you all understand the same language together, I think is important, which is my last point, which is, you know, legal, well, contract documents are not exactly throwing things to read for any of them. Uh, they're filled with all these ridiculously complicated legal terms and language that's in bold caps and just goes on and on and on. By the time you get to the end of it, you're like, what the hell did I just read? Um, and, and really, the, the purpose, I think, um, for a legal function to create house is you want the legal function to not sound like they're reading a contract. You want them to be speaking plain English to your other functions. And speaking not just plain English, but speaking the same language as the other functions, meaning you understand numbers, you understand metrics, you can speak to these various objectives your business is trying to achieve, and how you're actively contributing to achieving those objectives. So that's really, I think, a key aspect of ensuring alignment uh, between the different functions. And a CLM tool is a great way to help you become acquainted and get versed in these and, and sort of the language of business in some ways, which is, which is ultimately really important. Thank you both so much for this conversation. I love talking to you.